0: Welcome to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast, hosted by lead pastors Cassie and Alex Barron. Midtown Church exists to reveal the kingdom of Jesus together in Kansas City. This podcast explores ways in which we can become more like Jesus, reveal the places he is already working, and ultimately renew the reputation of the local church. Welcome everybody to the Midtown Church Podcast. I am so stoked for this episode because we are joined, Alex and I, he's here too. Hey everybody. <laughs> we are joined by one of our most dearest and nearest friends, co-worker, all of the things, family member. I don't know everything. Amanda Berger. <laughs> hey.
1: It needs to be like applause? Yes, it <laughs>
2: does. It's so good to be here. I'm so excited to get to talk with you guys
0: today and be on the Midtown Church podcast. Yes, yes. The f- she
1: the first of many appearances. Oh yeah,
0: for sure. So, uh, if you don't know Amanda, uh, which many most of you listening to this probably do, but if you don't know Amanda, um. She is our community engagement pastor, but also does a whole lot of other things for us. So currently, while we're recording this podcast, she is also our children's pastor, effectively. <laughs> and uh, she also has an incredible brain for insurance and contracts and finance and all of those like lovely, wonderful things. So she helps us out. Again, she just does yeah everything. So, uh, but Amanda uh, Harrell's originally from Saint Louis, Missouri. Yes, I do. So not too terribly far from us um but she got her biblical studies degree at evangel university which is where we met her alex and i um well really alex met her i guess we technically didn't meet which is kind of sad years later passing wind passing in the wind or something but um then i got to know her better um by alex is laughing at me by uh being her involvement in church multiplication network which um alex worked for and i was just A person that always tagged along. Um, Love that organization, what they do. We're a CMN church. So, Um, But while she was doing that, she also served as a community engagement pastor at Life 360. So she comes with a wealth of knowledge, experience, uh, and we're so grateful to have her and also get to be talking about this conversation today because she is an expert in this area and Alex (laughs) and I are not. Uh, So today we want to talk uh, quite a lot about singleness specifically. And so um, Alex, oh, you know, that kind of sounds bad. You're not an expert in singleness. I didn't mean it that way way that's a wow that was rough there. i ain't an expert i got experience here She's but gotta, no uh, but we're <laughs> so you know alex and i don't live the experience of being single um we're married and so uh so much of the western experience uh, as highlighted by covid uh is that of a single young professional um kind of making their way in the world and that is so much of what um our current context is actually even the neighborhood that we pastor in and so amanda can give voice to this particular area of um, ministry and thought that really alex and i can't speak into just based on our experience and so um amanda Tell us a little bit about your experience with COVID and living on your own. Because I I know you moved to Kansas City literally during the pandemic. Yeah. Changed jobs. So you were moving to a brand new city you didn't know, like, hardly anybody. One. Yep. And you were living on your own. And not only that, Amanda is, like, an amazing, crazy awesome extrovert that way extrovert <laughs> yeah, out super me. extrovert me yes every yeah. single day of the week and i love that about her i'm constantly saying amanda you have such a bigger and greater capacity than yeah. i do for people and i am jealous of it and so tell us a little bit about just like what that experience in and of itself was like because i think a lot of people have lived that but you know not everybody so it'd be good to just hear a little bit about that
2: yeah so You know, I think the extreme extrovertedness that you're talking about is both um, a strength and something I love and find joy from, but it's also proven to be an Achilles heel, Mm. especially during COVID. So, uh, you know, moving... so many
0: things have.
2: (laughs) Yeah, it shifted everything for everyone, really. And, you know, moving here, the city was still in Mm. shutdown. So um, that was interesting. I came here and had a job as an essential worker. So I at least got to... Interact with people at work, but I still knew no one. Um, and really during the COVID shutdown of uh, specifically that portion of the time, um, it, I think for many people, as well as for myself, brought up just different um, things in our lives that we had to deal with or that we had been too busy to pay attention to. And one of those things for me was that extrovertedness, the amount of time that I was spending at a job I love, with coworkers I love, at a church I love, with um, community just surrounding me and then all of a sudden it's gone yeah. you don't have that not in the same way um you know as much as we all have grown to love zoom and facetime <laughs>
0: she says <laughs> so <laughs> facetiously and ironically yeah,
2: um it's just not the same as yeah. you know i heard somebody once put it this way of like we are in a sensory deficit mm. we no longer wow, have that yeah. ability to like sit next to somebody I don't even have to be touching you I just I'm a quality time person I want Mm -hmm. to be in the same room and we can Mm -hmm. just sit in silence and that was taken with COVID and it really left a lot of time for me to reflect and just be with the Lord and grow to realize like I want to have a life that's biblically founded I want Mm -hmm. everything I do to not just point to you're living a good life or you're living a good American Christian life as mm. the world and culture would tell you but I'm truly being biblically founded in what I'm doing and how I'm living
0: That's so good I feel like um, you're right so much of this like time in COVID has brought to light things that we thought were strengths and revealed just some of the weaknesses behind that yeah. and um, I think it extends beyond just the context you're talking about I think we can all relate to that in some sphere yeah. I think maybe the uniqueness uh, specifically with this topic is the way in which it intersects with the church. So, so much of... Um, Specifically, singles experience in the church has not always been the greatest. And so we want to talk a little bit about that today. Um, But before we get into that, you know, we acknowledge and want to celebrate some of the really good things that we of the church has done, or even some of the really good theologies that we draw upon um, that help us understand uh, singleness, help us articulate some of the things that go along with that, uh, or maybe even some of the stigmas that, you know, culture associates with it. So what what are some good things, like what are some good ways that the church um, has approached singleness, has gotten that subject in that topic right? Yeah,
2: that's such a big question. I think the things that come to mind for me are things that are done well, but if we're not careful can be manipulated into something not good for us or not as um, – Christ would have it in our Mm. lives so you know I think the idea of community has been done decently well I know in some areas um it's harder to be a young professional and be single because do I go to the married small group or do I go to you're kind of caught in this in between the college
0: small group Yeah.
2: Yeah. yeah yeah like where do I fit and I think that's a big struggle that as a single young professional you find yourself in. But I think the church does show up and the church provides ways for you to get involved and to have that community and understands the need for community. And so I think that's something that most churches and the church as a whole um, has done decently well is to Mm -hmm. provide people, right? Those people, Mm -hmm. it's not good um, to live this life on your own. We've grasped that concept. um, Mm -hmm. And so I think that's a big win for the church, but I also think that is something that culture is attempting us to twist a little bit to not be um, a win and not be biblically founded.
1: Mm. Yeah. I think, I mean, Western culture pushes this agenda of individualism really yeah. hard, and I think. As the church, we have this robust doctrine and philosophy of community mm-hmm. that says, I mean, even even the Sermon on the Mount, you have Jesus speaking of, you know, women who have been victims of divorce. And I say that intentionally in the first century, they're victims of the man's choice to move on um, because they had no choice in their own. And yet here's the church they are integrated and incorporated into our life and into our body um, they're not charity cases but actually someone who has a lot to say and likewise like we as the church have the privilege of learning from people who are single if anything they have a closer seat to Christ's own experience than we do mm, as Cassie yeah. and I being a married couple like Jesus experienced life as a first century, single jewish Mm. male um and so there's so much to to learn and you even have movements throughout church history like the monastic movements who people who committed their lives to celibacy and singleness moving out to the desert to experience christ in an incredible way and so i i feel like the the community uh, of single people have so much actually to incorporate and teach in in our life and I wish we would acknowledge that more yeah you know what i mean acknowledge their contribution to the community more often
0: yeah i was listening to um a podcast earlier today and the individual in the podcast was reflecting on how as christians specifically in the western culture which is it's so ironic we you know we are so fixated in our culture about Hearing the voices of the minority mm-hmm. and reading the voices of the minority and not discounting the voices of the minor- minority. Um, and yet, as Western Christians, we forget that reading the scriptures in and of itself is listening to the voice of the minority. Mm. And to discount the writings of of scripture, of specifically of Jesus in the gospel, is to discount a minority voice. Mm-hmm. An individual that was not white and was single and was not in a relationship. And so, so much of what both of you are saying is reminding me of the fact that, you know, not only has the church, the, I mean, the church has gotten this community aspect piece, I think, Right for singles and provided an avenue uh for that community to happen but um theologically speaking as the church we have some pretty like strong ground to stand on for minority voices and those that are you know single and yeah. how cool is that you know that we we have that strong foundation to stand on then as we move forward in practice as the yeah. church and say well what do we do i think i
1: I read or heard somewhere that 40 percent of u.s households are single like single individual living alone in in some way and that is to say like Mm. that's you know a large portion of the united states that we have an opportunity to incorporate into our community Mm -hmm. and we have something to say like hey like you your voice is valuable your voice is necessary your voice is to here
0: because
1: because of your experiences of
0: your experiences yeah, yeah. and how like they are to our saviors That's I think really good. i think it's a topic that most people
2: well i think a lot of pe- pe- leaders specifically can't relate to that journey mm. so they don't touch the journey mm. so they don't know how to even step foot towards okay well how do we Amplify single voices how do we not just use them as a commodity or hey since you're single you can do a lot of extra work for us or because you're single you have more time so you can participate in this way or we can fill things in this way um, but really say hey I recognized your unique experience as a single individual and I want to amplify that and I want to respect that and honor that role that it has in the, the church body you
0: know? mm. no that's really good i i think you're right i say this all the time when it comes to women ministers when or really women leaders in general women need examples yeah. and in order for for minorities to feel like they can step into areas of leadership they need to see examples it's so important um the the moments that i see women show i you know i sit in circles where um of of pastoral leaders and the moment that i see the most women show up to gatherings is when a woman is speaking Mm -hmm. hands down and it's because representation is so important and to your point amanda representation of singleness is so important in our churches and is like such a minority in our churches compared to comparatively to the demographic of the areas that we serve like if you just look at this particular neighborhood that we serve a majority of people living in this area live alone Mm -hmm. and so for us as a church it's saying okay if that is what our area looks like that is what we need to look like as leadership and so that's why I'm so grateful for your voice um, and the leadership that you have in our church because you're right we have got to have representation if we don't have representation it does become a topic we just don't touch
1: without I'm, I'm interested in this without naming names or specific examples are there any practices or things you've been told or heard in church that you just are like let's never never do that or say that again <laughs> like what like what's oh, the like most a... bizarre or like thing that you continue to hear and you're like hey let's stop doing that we're putting you on
2: the spot well, let's just start with and i feel like any of my single people out there in a church setting you're gonna identify with this just because he's single and i am single <laughs> does not mean that this is a match made in heaven nor that we should even necessarily go on a date honestly
1: sometimes the, the like. only things you have in common Is your relationship status. Yeah. Yes. That's
2: literally (laughs) it. I don't know how many times that has been attempted. And I'm like, I know you adore me and you want that for me. I appreciate that. But, you know, we don't got to play Cupid all the time up in church. Mm, Like, it's just not necessary. Um, But I get get the heart behind it. Um, I think something else, too, is, and I found this very interesting as a female, being single is the opportunities for a male to serve when they're single versus the opportunities for me as a female to serve, um, just in different areas like, oh no. And guys can identify in a different way. There are limits for them when they're Mm, single. Um, you know, I think oftentimes when it comes to youth and kids, they're really kind of cut off from those, um, areas Mm. to minister in. And, you know, I think that there's, things to be said on that um, and obviously precautions to be taken. But um, I do think it's the flip on that is as a single female, I'm expected to do, do all of youth. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And so I think it often for me just rubs me the wrong way. I love the tiny humans. Don't get me wrong. <laughs> yeah. I can hang with the youth with the best of them. Yeah. Um, it is something I enjoy, but you, I think there are extra boxes and I think everyone in their walk with Christ can identify Um, We've been put in a box because we put God in a box. Honestly, we put the ministry that Jesus did in a box. We want it to look a certain way. And therefore, we put each other in boxes that I think sometimes just take us saying, no, 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 that is Mm -hmm. not the box God called me to. He's called me to something else. And I think we have to really relearn how to be learners and good listeners and be able to encourage, like, what are you hearing from the Lord? Not what I hear from the Lord for you but what are you hearing and how can I come alongside you to make that happen?
1: Yeah.
0: That's really good. That's really good. I feel like we've kind of already hit on this a little bit, but I want to dive deeper into this particular question. What has a church gotten wrong when it's come to singleness, whether that be in action or in like word, what, what have we gotten wrong? And then the follow up question would be like, how do we, how do, what are some remedies to that?
2: Yeah. So, I think, you know, we we did talk about, you know, the representation. I think we have to get that right. It should be something we are intentional in seeking out representation for that and giving a place, a seat at the table for that. Um, I think that I was kind of talking about community. So I think that's a really great thing that we've done. But I think as individuals um, and as a church, this is something we can help hold each other accountable for. But as individuals, we really have to start checking our heart with community. Mm -hmm. Um, I talked about, you know, my journey during COVID was really about how do I have a good biblical foundation to what I'm doing? And part of that with my extrovertedness was I'm constantly surrounded by people. I love people. I was doing ministry with people, had friends around me, had mentors. I felt good about the people in my life but when all of that was washed away i found myself in a place of loneliness that you know prior to covid maybe existed but i didn't give the time in my schedule Mm. to acknowledge and i really wrestled with this like okay well what what should friendship look like and really Mm. dove into like what does the bible say Mm. friendship and community should look like and it's much more than what culture is screaming at us so i'm a big gray's anatomy fan i love
1: yes <laughs> um,
2: i am a big like gray's anatomy fan and one of the things if you watch Grey's anatomy or see any memes about gray's anatomy you know that meredith and christina are the best friends that anybody could ever have mm. they have a saying called you're my person it's what you say to somebody who just gets you. It's your best friend. your ride or die. They'll help you bury the body. I'm sure everybody's All those like, thinking
0: about yeah. that <laughs> yes. right now. are like, You're oh like, yeah, that person. Yes. Yeah. People
2: come to mind and it's yeah. become a cultural norm. And in reality, that is such an unhealthy depth of friendship to have. Mm. Um, biblically speaking, the type of friends that we should have should be ones that are going to account- hold us accountable. They should be there in our hour of need. But for me to expect... That level of commitment from a friend
0: mm. is
2: unbiblical, and what level of commitment I mean is the like at my greatest hour, you specifically are going to be up by my side. Mm. And what the Bible tells us is that the body of Christ mm. will be by your side, yeah. so it might not be Cassie every time, but it's going to be Midtown Church, mm. and that is the part that I think. I got so wrong. Friendship had become an idol to me in the sense that I had individuals that like, you met this need. You were this person to me. And it's so easy when the culture is telling you the solution is friendship. Mm. You almost begin to wander into a space of like, I don't really need, you know, like, I don't need no man. Okay, (laughs) fine. But just make sure you don't need a man because you're filling it with the right things and not letting things fill that space that god never intended mm. don't let good things that the lord has given become idols and fill spaces they never meant to fill he gave mm. us friendship it has a spot at the table but he also gave us the marriage mm. those intimate relationships with your spouse they can't be replaced No matter how many things you try to fill make your schedule so busy you know you try to fill that and some things are meant to be left empty
1: so the Lord can work in them in ways we didn't expect. Wow, wow! I think maybe from the other side, as someone who's married, I think we've probably made marriage and the yeah, nuclear family relationships. An, an idol as well that we've lifted up in front of the single community, saying, "If you would, you'll be happy if you gain this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If you have what, and, and even in the way um, communicators talk about this, is you'll be happy once you get what I've got." Um, which is again, not the biblical vision of relationships or our sexual identity. It's, it's wherever you find yourself, you're seeking Christ in the midst of it. Um, and that's to say like, we can't idolize that, um, which has become a major, I think a a, a major impediment to many families is their family, their, their, the very, um, thing that they're trying to bring to the Lord has actually become the idol.
0: Yeah. um,
1: Keeping them from following him in ministry in ways that they're called to.
0: Yeah. I was, when you were talking about Amanda, like we have tried to make friendship, the thing that Midtown church, that the church Mm -hmm. void should fill. It made me think of like uh, how, our Western culture, the idea of individualism, has so permeated like every single permeated every single part of our life, um, and almost in the sense of like, as an individual, I need another individual to fill these mm-hmm. places, but I don't need to rely on all of these people. Like, oh, and coming from the Bible being written in a collectivist culture and one that I, I probably think is more near and dear to the heart of Christ, mm-hmm. um, the church community mm-hmm. fills that void. And with the purposeful understanding, it's like it's kind of like um, in Corinthians when it talks about the different parts of the body, right? Yep. Like if you relied on one part of the body to fulfill every single need you had, you would die. <laughs> right. You would die. It's not possible, right? Yeah. It's like the church has to be that that spot for us because different parts of that church body and community help form that overall person that that we are and we become. Mm. That's so good. You
1: can you can also kind of commodify people, like mm-hmm. you use your friends to fill spaces they're they're used to fill those spaces yeah, right um and and oftentimes i think friendships can can fall apart and disintegrate because one side of that friendship has felt used or yeah. their time has been monopolized by a, a, one person uh and so being careful not to See people through the lens of a commodity to be used. Yeah, Mm. Yeah,
2: I think I think it lends towards you know you fall into a whole bunch of traps, right? You can fall into codependency. You can fall into ultra independence, um, where you end up with at the end of the day you don't really have anybody, Mm. and that's also not something that Christ has called us to either. I think there are boundaries, and everybody goes through a journey of figuring out what place should this have in my life. Mm. And for for me, COVID was that time. For me to really evaluate like I loved work I was busy with work and I loved ministry so much that it also began to fill so much of my time and I think there are lots of instances like that and I would say you know one of the things that I in my evaluation of friendship that was very clear to me in the bible is that your friendship should be more than just a venting buddy it should be more than um, your hype man and those things are great aspects of friendship they should also be people who if you start to come like if Cassie was going to come to me and she was going to vent to me about a problem my response should her to her should always be redirecting her to jesus mm-hmm. and if it's not i'm not fulfilling my biblical role as a friend mm-hmm. and that pushed me because i'm like okay am i being that type of friend Am I having that kind of accountability and that redirection to not let my friend just falter and not allow my friendship to somebody else become an idol to them or their friendship to me be an idol to me, but truly give it its proper place. And we're supposed to build each other up as the church. Mm.
1: That, That being a safe space for someone to vent and share what they're dealing with but then to also redirect, I think that you—it's a both and. It's yes. not. Yes. I can't be a safe space for them to vent and to share, even the, their most petty thoughts. <laughs> that's actually we all need that space where we're like, this is the the honest to god truth. This is yeah. unfiltered me. This is unfiltered thoughts. But then a good friend is the person who then that confronts yeah. that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So it's the it's the both and, and, yeah. oftentimes. I think each of us lean towards one or the other. Right. And the hard part is is holding both of those in a healthy yeah. tension.
0: Yeah uh we're kind of winding down on our time here um we could probably talk about this for a lot longer but (laughs) what are some like books or resources or things that you have found over uh just the course of maybe even just this last year even if it's just one or two books that you could recommend for someone that's kind of struggling with loneliness during like this time of covid um, or singleness, or maybe even friendships and kind of the role that that plays, um, what are some things that you would recommend?
2: Yeah. So actually, um, a pastor friend of mine, I saw her share about this book and I thought, you know, I got on a big, real reading binge during the
0: lockdown. we all? Well, at least we did.
2: (laughs) (laughs) Um, and so one of the things that really like Um, influenced a lot of what I'm saying is called Friendish and it's Mm -hmm. by Kelly Needham Um, and it is a it's a decently short book but it's also a very challenging one Um, one that definitely challenges the status quo and a lot of things for me as I was reading it I was like no you're crazy like that can't that's fine there's literally nothing wrong with that and then the more I read and then I finally got to the end of the book the more I was like no Amanda you got to check your heart on this Mm -hmm. so I definitely encourage people if you're um, thinking about just friendship and the role that it should play the expectations you should have what the bible says about all of that friendish by Kelly Needham is um, a book I would highly
0: recommend Oh, that's good. That's good. Thanks so much for joining us. This has been a treat, and I hope this yes. is the first of many podcasts that Amanda Berger will be sharing with us.
2: Hey, thanks for having me. It's been great.
0: Thanks for listening to the Midtown Church Weekly Podcast. To find out more or to join a church gathering, check out our website at midtownkc.church.